Erica Bailey Johnson is the DFL candidate running for Minnesota House in District 2B, and she joins me now. Erica, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So I am always curious, just coming off of a couple of weeks of debates with candidates, what was it that made you want to run for the Minnesota House? (laughs) You know, that's such a good question, and I feel like every day I have a little bit different answer, (laughs) but... Lately, my answer has been that things are uh, messed up enough <laughs> that I feel like I have some of the tools and skills that would benefit trying to fix things. So I, I just think things are going in a weird direction, a lot of times in the wrong direction, and I feel like a lot of the skills that I bring from my own um, experiences and work can be brought to this next level of working in the legislature to try to help our people, right? Like to try to be better humans, to try to um, have things that help people in our community. So I I just, that's kind of what I do day to day. And and I feel like I'm able to work across the lines, I think, which is something that people like to say, but I haven't honestly seen too many people that are great at that yet. But I know that for my own um, experience, my own work that I have to do that constantly. Like I have friends from all across, you know, the political spectrum, all kinds of religions, all kinds of um, ages and gender identities <laughs> and all of that. And so I'm just really excited to pull people together that can help help our people in this district and make good decisions. Erica, I introduced you as Erica Bailey Johnson, but I wonder if you'd give us your Ojibwe name as well. Yeah, so I am Erica Bailey Johnson, Indigenous Jaganashimung, so that means my name in English is Erica Bailey Johnson, but Mamengwe, Indigenous Ojibwe Mung, and that means my Ojibwe name is Butterfly Woman, and then I usually also try to also say Makwa Indodem is important, because I'm in the Bear Clan, and then Indibendagos, Miskwagami Wizaga Igening, I'm a member of the Red Lake Band of Ojibwe. Are you... One of the first people from the Red Lake Nation to to run for the Minnesota House? (laughs) You know, we were just asking that question this last (laughs) week. I had never thought of it before. It's funny because a lot of things I've been thinking about, like, huh, like I don't really see any other women around. (laughs) And that was happening, like, during the debate. You know, there was no other real women that were until I think the next week that were debating. And then I also was wondering, somebody asked me that like a couple of days ago about being a Red Lake Band member running, and I don't know, honestly. I have no idea if anybody has run. I know that there's been Indigenous people, like Ojibwe people, for sure, but I'm not sure about um, Red Lake Band Mm -hmm. member running or being in office, for sure. I don't think so. Well, now that you say that, so I had just recorded or just was part of 11 debates. So that means 22 candidates. And Mm -hmm. there were two candidates that were three candidates that were women within that. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Is so tell me what it's like to door knock. And does being a woman have any does anyone ask you any questions about that? Or does that play any part in it? For sure. <laughs> so uh, I will not door knock by myself, um, especially now when it's getting darker out uh, earlier. So I've since the beginning had a partner, and I just felt like I needed to. Uh, so I 
feel, and, and it was interesting because there's another person that door, was door knocking a lot at the same time I was, but he was super, and you know, in a male, very comfortable going out by himself and door knocking, but I, I haven't, I have yet to do that, and I don't think I ever will, and I've kind of been reconfirmed a couple times why I wouldn't uh, go out by myself, and so that's something that is very different. Like, I always have to find a partner, you know, <laughs> like asking somebody for their time, have to organize, getting together. So it's a lot more planning and prep work that goes into door knocking for sure for me. And then just um, your piece with the women running, I, I know there's a lot of initiatives and efforts. I know Vote Run Lead is one, Women Winning is another one that are really trying to promote more women getting into politics. Because as we know, like we all come with different strengths and gifts and lenses that we see the world and work in the world by. So we want to, if our population is like 51% women across the United States, we want to try to get closer to that. I don't know, I can't remember the percentage that we're at right now for women working in like the state legislature or the federal, you know, in federal legislature, but I know we're not anywhere close to 51%. Yeah, and in fact, I think it's gone down in the last four years quite a bit, the numbers, yeah, from what I've heard. You know, I wonder, at the beginning you said you thought you had the tools to do this job, to be in the Minnesota House. When you explained, like, all the extra work to make sure you had that partner and to organize it, do you think women have sort of some of those tools or just, like, some other thought processes or a more collective thought process that goes into kind of our everyday life and the work you do in your day-to-day life? For sure. I think I've been thinking about that a lot, and I think there's kind of two two um, different types of categories that I think of when I think of what's needed. And lately I've been thinking a lot about you know, like being a woman and what that means and what we bring. And then I've also been thinking about being indigenous. And I think that the two places where they, or the place where they really connect well is in relationship building. So I I feel like um, women, and again, this is generalizing, you know, so not all, (laughs) not, you know, everyone, but in general, women tend to be more relational. So they are kind of paying closer attention to people, um, working on building relationships. And I would say with Indigenous people, it's really the same. We would also extend the relation building not only to people, though. So it would be people and, like, the rest of the ecosystem. So, for example, with water and trees and other animals and plants and those kinds of things. But I think that relational piece is a really interesting connection that is needed right now. I actually believe globally that we need more women in roles um, that are associated with decision-making. I feel like we're good at being humble, for one thing, and realizing that we don't have the answers, but I can find somebody that has the answer. And then making those people feel comfortable to be at the table to help with decision-making. So um, that would be something that I think both women and Indigenous people uh, can bring that will help this very divisive, (laughs) very polarized, like, political climate that we're in now. Erica, tell us about uh, the work that you do in the community right now. 
Yeah, so the work that I do in the community, I am currently the sustainability director at Bemidji State University. I have been in that role since 2008, and I wear a few hats. I'm the sustainability director, and then I also am the coordinator of the People of the Environment program. It's a liberal education or core curriculum course taught by a bunch of different faculty, and I coordinate that program and teach one class a semester and then I also am the director of the Niju Guaycoche Gaywin um, program, which is it started by some grant funding about five years ago. And we created a new major and minor called Indigenous Sustainability Studies. And then we also have an internship program that I coordinate in the summers. And so Niju means two ways. And then Guaycoche Gaywin means of doing the right thing in the right way. So it's not saying that any one way, which in our case, we're focusing on uh, Western science and then also indigenous ways of knowing. And so we're trying to say that there's these two ways of understanding and working in the world and trying to uplift and respect them both, you know, for helping to solve problems. So uh, that is the whole goal of kind of the internship program is to be able to practice that and see it and experience it and help our communities in that, that are working in that area. And then the other is to take the classes in the major and minor and to uh, practice, you know, and learn from, from, from the instructors about what that looks like. So those are kind of the three hats that I wear right now. I am half-time. I couldn't handle both of the running for office and the, you know, having this full-time work at Bemidji State University. So I uh, started being halftime in in early August so that I was able to focus more efforts on the campaign. So if you are elected as the next representative to House District 2B, um, what are a couple of the issues that you would really like to dig into and tackle when you get to St. Paul? So I would love right away to work on transportation funding for rural districts. I've been thinking about it a long time, and when I found out about it about, I mean, I, I think I read about it about 10 years ago, and I started talking to legislators and trying to figure out what to do, and they said, well, a lot of people benefit, a lot of the legislative districts benefit from the way it is now, so it's never going to pass. And so I know that they have put in supplemental funding in the last couple of like, sessions for schools. I don't think it passed this last time. But that's not going to cut it. I don't think that that will, um, you know, that's just kind of a Band-Aid. So currently they have um, one formula, which is based on a per-pupil basis. So however many students are in the district is how much you get in transportation funding. As you can imagine, the very tight uh, districts that are very small, they get a lot of money that they can actually use on other things. But in our district, that's very big and very spread out. Uh, we actually end up having to pay out of our general budget normally for our transportation costs. So my thought is, is that we have the per-pupil formula, which a lot of people are good with that and like that and it works. But we also have a, we should also create a per-pupil mile formula and that the school districts could choose between one of those two. Um, again, I probably, you know, I'm going in, like probably needing to learn a lot and ask a lot of questions, but I feel like that would be something that I could uh, work on right away. And then a second, I know you asked about two, two issues. Oh my gosh, there's so many things I'm learning right now that I, 
uh, would love to work on, and I haven't really narrowed it down to another thing. I know that that's one. Um, any education issues, I'm really, you know, I feel like I know a lot and have a lot of connections, obviously. And then I just went last week to a session in Bagley at the Cornerstone Nursing and Rehab Rehab, Rehab Center, and uh, there are some really crazy, like, things that are happening with legislative um, timing and process that are very hard for these nursing homes. And so I was really happy to be there and learn about this. And I feel like I could dig into that and figure out how to help because we are, I mean, we're having an increasing aging population and really need to uh, uh, figure those things out. And then the other piece I I would love to try to figure out is what's happening with our daycare um, providers. So I don't know if it's a, I I think it's a um, like funding issue, you know, like not having enough uh, to make it worth their time to go into that field, but I'm not quite sure. So I really want to figure that out because I know that's limiting a lot of folks uh, currently. That is Erica Bailey Johnson. She is a DFL candidate for Minnesota House 2B. You can find information at Erica for MinnesotaHouse.com. If someone listening to us right now thinks, you know, my vote doesn't matter, why should I go to the polls on November 8th? What would you say to them? Oh, man, I've had a couple people say that. (laughs) But I would say we're in a critical time. Like, there is so much on the table right now. And every vote matters. Like your neighbors are the people that are helping with this election process. It's safe, it's secure, um, and every vote should um, should be cast. So I know that Minnesota has always been pretty good during presidential cycles to have a good turnout, but I really want to encourage you that this, this midterm cycle, this local cycle, you know, where we have our Minnesota, a lot of our Minnesota Um, values on the docket is critical. So please get out there and vote on November 8th or earlier. Erica, thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you, Heidi. I really appreciate, appreciate the opportunity.